friends and fellow adventurers, welcome to the MinMaxed Podcast. We want to thank you for joining us, and you do so as we continue the Extinction Curse. As always, we want to invite you to come join our Discord where you can hang out with us and other listeners of the show. And some Patreon stuff. Longtime patron Wolf has upgraded his subscription from on the table to our highest level, joining Rock Jedi at the MinMaxed level. Other patrons at our big number level and above are... Emily S, Thunder Mammoth, Jason K, Just Mike Works, and Ross D. Upgrading to the big number level this week is <laughs> Calistria's specialty item. In addition, we have new patrons this month, Tracy B and Natasha. Thanks so much to you and all of our patrons. Your support is extremely appreciated. And now a recap of session 55. We arrive to the port at Carrick and immediately are approached by Opper Vandy. He greets us and is very excited. He shows us the plot of land where our circus will go and gives us some info. He also invites us to dinner. First, though, we head to the library, where we learn some things. We head to Opper's for dinner. He has a really nice house and shows us around. We talk about our exploits and Bernard exposes at him. Vandy offhandedly mentions that the weather and growing here has been somewhat worse of late. Eventually, he also tells us he's haunted. He's having nightmares, he sees people die, and then in real life, they die. He wants our help, but he also seems really cagey about the whole thing. Eventually, we get it out of him that he kind of fucks someone over on a loan, and this seems to be the source of the haunting. Or at least we think it is, we really don't have any idea. We get a bit more info and eventually head to bed. The wizard and Peach Pie stay at Opper's rather uninvitedly so. The next day, we begin heading to the first tower and on the way, plan to check on some clues to Opper's haunting. On our way to Matt and Cleave, we happen across a group of Shuni farmers under attack by a gang of, well, we'll have to find out. You guys uh, come up to the top of a hill on the road. You look down and on a grassy, flat, of land, you see an overturned cart, and around that cart are five small dog-like humanoids. This overturned cart, surrounded by Shunis, has four creatures who you don't see fully, but you certainly know are there from the bulging earth. What seems to be a fin of sorts pops out from the top of the earth as they circle the Shunis. Are these fucking Beulets? These look like Beulets. Every now and then, one of them will breach the surface of the ground and leap through the air. And as they're jumping through the air, they claw at the Shunis. Dantrus? What? Please, someone Pokemon reference me right now. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't. They look like Sandshrews, like a little more fucked up rock, like a rock-type Sandshrew. Sandslash? All right, fine. A little too cute to be Sandshrew, I guess. You think it's cute? Things are dorbs! They're the claws, man. <laughs> they rip you to fucking pieces, but they're adorable. <laughs> it's got six. They are, in fact, huge creatures. At the end of their leaps, they do dive back into the earth and continue to circle round the Shunis. Right now, are they just like threatening the Shunis or do some look injured? None of them look injured right now. It looks like you're just getting there before the slaughter. You so don't think these guys can defend themselves? See, this it's is, true. It's got a sickle. This He's is, okay. He can fight. He's a druid. That's for harvesting. He is a, a, a tiller. So they're, they're farmers definitely simple. They don't have any obvious weapons on them. A, a tiller the pug? <laughs> a tiller the pug. <laughs> wow. If wow. anything, you see they cool. they are holding to defend themselves. Hoes and sticks. Hoes. Bitches yes. with hoes. Shoonies with hoes. Yeah, but the dogs. Name so of the episode. Give me a female. <laughs> Bitches with hoes. No, sh- Bitches with Shoonies and hoes. <laughs> They could be female. We don't know. Well, they could be. Are you going to check? Yes. Um, Probably. No. (laughs) No, don't check. (laughs) What I will do is roll initiative. Yes, please. Everybody. Yeah, me too. Everybody roll initiative. At the top of round one, the wizard 
you go first. And none of these creatures, the, the huge creatures, are above ground? They're all underground? They're all underground, yes. You do see them breach occasionally to leap through the air and attack with their claws. Guys, I'm worthless. <laughs> Kill the dogs! Should I? As turtle? Kill the shoonies. Kill the shoonies. Uh, I'm gonna go in. I'm gonna use my first two actions to use invisibility and go invisible. And then third action, I'm gonna start going towards the shoonies. After the wizard, one of the large, sorry, huge creatures bursts through the air and lands right next to one of the shoonies. And he actually has to make an athletics check on that. <laughs> the bullet succeeds. The, the, the what? It was just a 20. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, you already guessed it anyways. We'll give you details if you want to find out. I'm going to do recall knowledge. In the meantime, though, he was just doing a long jump, and it was 20 feet, and he will make a claw attack on one of the shoonies. What a dick. Gets a 19 on the die for a 40 to hit. He's going to slice through the shoonie entirely with no! one There will slice. not be shoonies for very long, guys. Man. Plus to 21 to hit? I have a 24 AC. Yeah, and they do 2d8 plus 10 damage, and the Shoonies have... I'm bitching about the same thing for, like, forever, but like we still come out on top, 16, all right, boys? I'm just saying, man, it's gonna roll points. 3 to hit me. They do 2d8 <laughs> plus 10 damage, and the Shoonies have 16 hit points. Like you said, there's still ones on dices, eh? <laughs> like, I don't give a shit about us. These Shoonies are not gonna last long. I don't want to see the little Shoonies get killed. They've got to be an endangered species. They're, they're, they're very just rare. Very, very rare. I feel like they're killing panda bears right now. The creature digs deeper into the earth, going out of sight. Thank God you said earth. I thought you were going to say digs deeper into like the shoonies. I was just going to be more upset than I already am. <laughs> it's going to be upsetting, David, and I apologize ahead of time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Care, care very little. All right. These are cat folk. Just kidding, I've already killed one of those two. <laughs> the creature that is to the north of the Shoonies does something similar, but this time leaps straight up out of the earth and dives down right next to two of the other Shoonies. It's going to make a high jump check. Get a natural 20 on the jump. So he doubles the height of the jump. On his way down, he will claw twice instead of once. Seriously? Is that in the book? Like, that's just how bullets work? They critically succeed? Yeah. On this particular maneuver, they get two claw strikes instead of one, yes. This one rolls a four, gets a 25, critically hits the Shuni. Poor little pug. And that Shuni takes... I'm putting a fucking trigger warning on this episode. 37 points of damage. Our first ever trigger warning. And unfortunately, another Shuni... I'm going to revive them into skeletons and have shooty skeletons. Okay, I can live with that. Good idea. And with its second claw swipe... What? A 25 still critic? Oh my god. (laughs) Hey guys, they're just dying. We can save... We are doing stabilize checks for these guys. Hear me, Tyler? Yeah, I heard you. I heard you. No, no, I I, I agree. (laughs) Wait, do these guys get dying levels? It says dying. Oh shit, we're going to save them all. They're NPCs, they can have dying. Run I mean, in they're... there and just hit a three-action heal. Quick, let's name them all so you can't kill them. <laughs> yes. I'm not bringing them back to life. We want them to just die Quick. over and over again. Quick, name them all. <laughs> name them all so Tyler feels bad. If they happen to survive their stabilized checks, I will gladly bring them back, but I'm not healing them mid-combat just so they can get one shot. I'm calling again. one of them Professor Pug. Considering every single one of these is going to be at dying for... Or dying two just to start off with. <laughs> yeah, dying two to start <laughs> just off because yeah. they're all getting crit. And it's not taking much. They don't have much health. I've yes, noticed. A third Shuni goes down to a raging bullet. Jebediah, it's your turn. You just want to nope the fuck out of this one? And does that one disappear also? No, I want to save the pugs. All right. Yeah, you, I'm oh. sorry. I have to be clear. Third action burrows down. Uh, I, I activate Tremor Sense. You have that? Nope. Nice. I don't. 
Oh, there's do that. they have that? Because then I'm fucked anyways. They probably do. Yeah. Too much for being invisible. I don't know why I even thought. This one's up on the air ground still? Uh, they are visible enough for you to target them. They're kind of skimming along the surface oh, of the I was air. zoomed out. Oh, but why is there only two then? There are four. Those are the all. Two of them have burrowed down. Completely, okay. Yeah, completely. I almost feel like a fireball would have been more merciful than them and letting them get torn <laughs> apart by these claws. I'll move up, and I'm going to cast Impaling Spike. Oh. On number two, if I could get a reflex save from it. You absolutely can. Do bad. I will certainly try. One. Aha! So first off, the d- target will take 8d6. That's a good thing when you say first off, and then 8d6. Not bad. And then the failure includes the target is impaled through the leg or another non-vital body part. The creature takes full damage, and if is standing on solid ground, uh, I, I, just because of the way this works, this is this should have to work. It's a spike going through the ground, and he's burrowing. Uh, I'm, I think uh, it means it's solid ground if he's flying. Okay, okay. No, no, that's all right. That's all right. So like the the spike comes from the earth. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, the conjure spike that thrusts up from the earth beneath a target creature. Yeah, beneath it. Yeah. If the target is standing on solid ground, he is. He becomes immobilized and cannot attempt to escape. The DC is your spell. He can attempt to escape. The DC is my spell. While it remains impaled, it takes damage from any weakness to cold iron it has at the end of each of its turns. Oh, interesting. What does that last part mean, though? Because in 2E, weakness causes damage. Like, if... If something's cold iron and it has weakness cold iron five, oh. it would take five damage each turn. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Well, the main point is this guy can't escape unless he breaks my 27 reflex. Okay. And he's uh, immobilized, correct? Immobilized unless escaping. Yeah. Unless he escapes. All right. So the way I pictured this one is that that spike would come up from underneath him while he's burrowing in the ground. It would actually make him breach the surface and he's impaled on this earthen spike through one of his legs. So he is now exposed and out in the open. Well done. And then, uh, Jesus Wiz, why'd you move so far up? I'm invisible! <laughs> oh, are you okay? I was gonna have a turtle come defend you, but you're invisible. I just don't want the tremor sense. Turtle is going to just kind of position upwards here and be good to go! Well, then after Jebediah Moonlight, it's your turn. It's a long ways away. I am going to cast a spell on this one that's exposed. I need a will save. Okay, I get a 23 on a will save. Okay, so that fails, does not critically fail. So this is Phantasmal Killer. One living Ah. creature, it will take... 10d6 mental damage, which will be 33 damage. Not great rolls, about average though, I guess. And become frightened too. All right, and that's the one that's that's uh, been impaled by Jebediah's spike. Yes. Correct? Oh, maybe I should have gone for the farther one that wasn't impaled. Yeah, probably doesn't matter. Focus fire and kill this thing, and then third action I will move forward. That will be my turn. Then, after Moonlight, it is not the one that's impaled, but the one that's just barely visible under the surface of the Earth. It stops in its circle and turns back towards his friend that was impaled. With his first action, moves up there and sticks its head out to get a look, and it starts sniffing around. (laughs) And it looks towards Jebediah uses its second action to dive 10 feet down under his friend who is impaled. And with his second and third actions, bursts out right next to Jebediah with its claws raking. But it actually used all of its actions, so it doesn't get to actually claw anybody. All right. Then that goes to our impaled friend. He has to make an escape check, correct? Yeah. Which means I think he can make an athletics check. Definitely, yes. Yeah, athletics. Straight athletics check here to attempt to escape the impaling spike. Rolls a 17 on the dice, gets a 36 to escape. Then with its second action, lumbers over land right next to the wizard. Right next to the wizard. 
but it ignores you and swipes at Jebediah with a claw. 37 Oofta. to hit. Oofta. That's a critical. Oofta critical hit. Here comes 35 points God, of a, slashing damage. They have a 15 foot reach. They're huge, and they certainly do. Does it say they have a 15 foot reach, or are they long and not large? That's a good question. <laughs> yeah, the long versus uh, tall thing is so weird. And I don't know if it actually works out with huge animals. I mean, you could argue it doesn't work out for large either, but it doesn't actually state anything in there. It states it on their character sheet. So if the character sheet doesn't actually say the range, they don't have it. However, for huge, it still says it typically has the reach has a reach of 15 feet if the creature is tall, or 10 feet if the creature is long. I certainly don't think they seem like they'd be tall. Tall doesn't, yeah, tall doesn't really land for me with this creature. All right, turtle's got a 10 foot reach. No, I think it's a valid argument. We're gonna say still pops up right next to the wizard. Spencer, you gotta give yourself that 35 health back. We're okay. cut. We're cutting the hit. He's just moving into position. It helps to be a douche. One of the shoonies, clustered in a circle next to the cart, realizes that your interference has created an opening and runs. Oh, God. To the oh south. Oh, God. I've seen too many movies. I know this is going to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to pop out of the ground and that, eat him and die back into the ground fucked. as he runs away. With all three actions, he gets 75 feet away. Just running for the south, just like, <laughs> and of course, run, little one. Of course, his heavy breathing run is particularly bad because they're pug people. <laughs> exactly. It's Peach Pie's turn. Holy shit! Thank God, I move into flanking with one action. I rage with the second action, and then I finally get to do something. I attack. Good God, that took forever. I suppose we're still round one. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, we are, buddy. Make it, make sure they're flat-footed. And I did. 27 to hit. That's a hit. Fantastic. I will deal him. Chicka-boom. 30 damage. Okay, it's not that much, but 30 damage. And I'm done. That's the end of my turn. You hear a big clang on the armor as your bludgeoning hammer hits it. One of the other Shoonies runs in the opposite direction of Run his compatriot. Away. Run away! Not the dumbest thing they could have done. No, that's actually, that's actually smart. And runs off the map. There are still north. two of these creatures. <laughs> and those were the only two currently, quote, living. Oh shooters. yeah, the other three are unconscious. The other three are unconscious. Oh man. Which takes us to the top of round two. I just want, I just want to recap round one. Oh god. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> I'm just kidding, David. Wizard, it's your turn. Yeah, you kind of have to hit Jeb no matter what, don't you? If, or if do you something do different. Just kill this one. I have kill this one so they I don't have, have flanking on Jeb. Too, but it doesn't help you guys at all. It helped the Shoonies. Well, I'm okay with that. I'm invisible. I can, I can honestly just run over, pull out a potion, pour it down no. one of the Shoonies' throats. They've made threatening gestures towards Jeb. And save one of them, at least. The wizard has shown to be rather mercurial, so sometimes he cares, sometimes he doesn't. Well, my thought is these guys haven't actually attacked us yet. Oh, you mean the Bulets? The Bulets haven't actually attacked us yet, have they? No. I, I, no, they, they haven't. They have gotten into position to do so, though. Well, the wizard's going to wait until someone actually gets hurt. He's going to go 10, 20, 30 feet up to the closest Shuni. Uh, second action will be to pull out a lesser elixir of life and I will pour it down the Shuni's throat. Alright. 13, so 19. He's full HP and that is all of my actions, but to end my turn is he still unconscious or is he conscious now? Forcing the potion down his throat, you wake him up in that process I would say. Okay. I'm gonna tell him just lay there, play dead. Play play dead, buddy. And I, I Pat him on the head too. Just play dead. <laughs> Wait until we clean up uh, or kill these creatures. <laughs> play dead. He rolls over and he puts his feet in the air. Yeah, he does the thing where he puts his paws on his face. <laughs> Just wait until I tell you it's safe. After the wizard, it is that particular Shuni's turn. It's probably freaking out because I'm still invisible. <laughs> he's freaking out just a touch, but he does as he's told. Good boy. Good boy. <laughs> another, another pat in the head. 
<laughs> his tongue lolls out of his mouth, but he looks really confused about it. Uh, Alright, well that's gonna take us to this one. This boulette comes to the surface and starts looking around, but when he surfaces, he does so basically in the wizard square. Just to the edge of it. I'm not going to force the wizard to take any damage or anything here, but you are going to get shunted to the north as you have to step back from the bullet cresting. Part of me was afraid that he's going to grab the body and pull it down with him. He snorts, he <laughs> looks, doesn't see anything. With his third action, burrows under the ground and goes to back up his compatriots. So he ignores the recently revived and currently playing dead Shuni, does not recognize the Wiz invisible there next to him, and starts to move toward the fray with his friends. Which brings us to the first dying Shuni. Gets a five on his recovery roll. Goes dying three. Then we go to the second dying Shuni. Gets an 11. Which means it goes to dying three. Which means it goes to dying three as well got two shoonies bleeding out like his like the one before the last bullet comes out of the ground and also makes a seek action completely ignores the fact that the shoonie is there and alive and the wizard is there as well sees that there's a battle or an, uh, an encounter happening off to the east with Jebdiah and moonlight and peach pie and turtles there as well burrows under the shoonies and the wizard to join Jebediah it's your turn. Kill it. All right. Uh, yeah, I will make an attack on the one that I've been tech. Number two. Not a plus 27 like they have, but uh, 23 to hit. 23 misses. A second attack with a 13. Nope. Turtle's going to move in and strike at for attacking. He'll get a 20 on the dice. Turtle critical hit. He'll bite into this rock thing. <laughs> It's a 34. Shit. Turtle sees the creatures getting in Jebediah's grill and surrounding him and just grabs one by the throat, cracks its neck, and takes it down. That will be uh, my turns. Then after the first bullet gets downed by Turtle, Moonlight, it's your turn. Okay. Moonlight's going to dig into one of their first uh, bag of tricks here. See if we can target all three of these ones that are still surviving. And I am going to drop a shadow blast on them. Mm, that sounds fun. That's a new spell, isn't it? Yep. Uh, you shape the quasi-real substance of the shadow plane into a blast. Choose acid, bludgeoning, cold, electricity, fire, force, piercing, slashing, or sonic damage. And choose either a 30-foot cone, a 15-foot burst within 120 feet, or a 50-foot line. The blast deals 5d8 damage of the type you choose to each creature in the area. That's the most versatile blast spell I think I've ever heard read aloud. Yep. Wow. It's basically every damage type? Did I? Were there any Basically missing? anything... Force? Sonic? Except for, like... Oh, nope. Slashing, piercing, force, sonic. Yeah, it's all in there. Bludgeoning? Basically anything. Wow. Yep. Basically any damage type. That's a other than negative. fucking spell. And I can also shape the, the area blast. also. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Is that your f- new fifth level spell? That is one of my new fifth level spells. Fuck. The target gets to choose whether it wants to make a reflex or will save, though. Really? It chooses? Yes. All McDam. I guess I don't know. Which type do they want? Do they want or do I want? That's my problem. I mean, it's target's choice. So I'm going to have them make reflex saves here. Uh, We've got a 28, two 28s, and a 19. Okay, so I think that's two saves and a failure. Yes, two saves and a failure. So not great for me. Uh, So that's 5d8 to each of them. So either 19 or 9. Okay. So one of them takes 19, the other two take 9. So these tree stumps and stuff, is there? are those actually there? Yeah, they're trees. Okay. So that's something I could hide behind? Easily. Okay. So I am going to use 
as part of this, this spell has the shadow uh, trait. So I will use my focus spell, or one of them, called Dim the Light, which I don't think I've actually used before because it hasn't made a whole lot of sense. So trigger is you cast a darkness or shadow spell. As a reaction, I magnify the darkness from the triggering effect, causing the ambient light level to flicker briefly so you can easily slip from sight. You can immediately attempt a stealth check to hide, and you can become hidden to a creature even if you don't have cover and aren't otherwise concealed from that creature. You cease being hidden at the end of your turn unless you move into a cover or become concealed before then. That's cool as shit. So you cast a shadowy spell, then like all of the light where we're at flickers. And we're yes. outside. What'd you do to the sun? Yeah, the, the light flickers, and in that flicker, you don't see moonlight anymore. It's almost as though you're putting us in moonlight. Oh my goodness. I'm going to make a stealth check. Get a 33. Damn, that's against um, their perception DC? Yeah, uh, that's all yeah, three of them, I think, yeah. And then with my third action, I'm going to move behind this... Uh, stump to hide. Yeah. So sorry, that was a lot and a lot of new stuff. So no, it's okay. There's a lot that happened there. <laughs> and what kind of damage did you choose? Oh, um, I had seen Peach Pie do bludgeoning damage earlier, and it seemed like it took it all. So I, I chose bludgeoning damage. So I, I would imagine like like shadowy tendrils come from the center of this 15 foot burst and just start pounding on the boulettes, just smacking them around. And when that light flickers and moonlight disappears, the moon, the bullets are very confused and disoriented. And one of them, the one that's right in front of Jebediah, spends its first action to seek moonlight. Can't find them, though. Since it can't find moonlight with its second action, it's going to start retaliating on Jebediah. Rude. This one's with a jaw attack. The 27 to hit. Bot on, mate. 19 points piercing damage with its third action it will move over to turtle killed his friend oh that's right that brings us to ashuni who continues to run southward peach pie it's your turn i will get up to the northeast corner of the bulet that is a, uh, has moved up to turtle can't quite get into flanking but that's okay second action i will make an attack and get a 23 to hit, which looks like it misses. And with my third action, I will make another attack. And that's a 24, which also misses, I'm afraid. That is correct. And turn. All right. And after Peach Pie, the shooting to the north continues running, which takes us to the top of round three. Wizard, it's your turn. I think no matter how I do this, I'm in the pit and Jeb is my issue. Trying to fireball or what? Cone of cold. That's a 60 foot. It's a 60 foot. Cone. Well, you get fucking turtle out of your fucking death spray, dude. That's not me. <laughs> I'm not the one doing that. That's that's me trying to figure out a way that. I would never hurt turtle. <laughs> I'll just hurt you. You can hurt Jeb all you want. <laughs> I guess I, I guess I'm just gonna color spray two of them. All right, we've got a 23 will save and a 17 will save. 17's a critical failure. 23 is just a failure. So the failure failed one is. The creature is stunned one, blinded for one round, and dazzled for one minute. Uh, the critical failure is creature is stunned for one round and blinded for one minute. And what level did you cast okay. it at? Not fifth level, so I'm assuming we're good. Oh yeah, that'd be level 11 creature. Oh, and since that was second level invisibility, I'm now visible since that was a hostile action. So my third action, I am going to run away. <laughs> it just... My issue is my closest ally is Moonlight, but I don't really want to bring them to you, Moonlight. So do I go opposite direction? You don't even know where I am. <laughs> yeah, Moonlight's actually hiding really well. We're just going to hide behind tree stumps. I'm going to go run behind this tree stump. I, I don't have an action to take cover, but I'm just going to go run back there. Okay. That's my turn. Then after the wizard becomes visible, the shuni that you were standing next to gasps slightly. And is blinded by how colorful my, my cloak is. Wait, did you hit? And the color oh, spray. Yeah. Just, I was just saying, did you hit it with the color spray? Just see colors flying out and <laughs> a very colorful looking elf. All right, 
Then first is uh, the bullet who was... This one was the critical failure. So he loses his entire turn to stun for one round, which takes us to two Shunis running in opposite directions. No, those are the dead Shunis. Those are the dead ones? Oh, you're right. Those are dead Shunis. They need to roll to make sure, see if they're dead dead. I need, yeah. This is their last one. The two remaining dying, bleeding out Shunis, dying three, need to make a 13 or higher on this recovery roll. Poor little bastards. First one. Oh! Another five. Ouch. That shooting just s- had no will to live. I swear it It was on a 13 and then rolled down to the five. Uh-huh. One of the shoonies bleeds out and stops kicking. Too many mouths to feed. The second gets a 14 on the hey. recovery roll. That's a success. Goes down to dying two. So stops bleeding. Well done, buddy. Good boy. That takes us over to the other bullet that got color sprayed. This one is stunned one, so loses its first action to the stunned condition. But it's also blinded. So it's going to take its first action to seek the thing that blinded it. It starts sniffing the air. How would it know which direction he went? I would imagine it would know which direction it got sprayed with glitter from. Okay, so this will be going against the wizard's stealth DC. Which is... I'm sure super not, high. Not terrible, actually. It's 24, but that's still not quite enough. The bullet spots the wizard. Can't attack, but with its third action, moves within range. Jebediah, it's your turn. Uh, Jeb will put himself in flanking while also gaining flanking for both of my comrades, Turtle and Peach Pie. Yeah, that'll and work. And I will attack the one that threatening hurdle we'll get a not that great strike about a 28 28 hits and we'll hit him with uh 24 nice that takes us to moonlight moonlight doesn't know what they should do yet uh you know what we're just gonna go the old standby soundburst hideous laughter ah there's a, there's a couple of standbys. Soundburst, Hideous Laughter, the book. book. The books are <laughs> the, the standbys. I was thinking books. Books are the standby, you're right. Non-cantrip, I think Hideous Laughter is when I use the most. I need a will save. All right. Oh. We will get a natural one on the will save. 15 total, which will critically fail. That, that definitely critically fails. Uh, the target falls prone and can't use actions or reactions for one round. It is then slowed <laughs> one and can't use reactions. As long as I sustain <laughs> Damn. So, basically, it just loses an entire round. Yep. All right, Tyler, can you give me a Bulet laughing? (laughs) 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 That was way better than mine was. (laughs) I like how it's like a dying walrus. (laughs) I like the dying walrus. It's like a walrus laughing. That's uh, just how my grandma lives. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like it. All right. And thirdly... These guys are all sorts of debuffed up right now. Kind of the name of the game with Tui. I mean, I guess I'll cast shield. <laughs> <laughs> you could you could take cover again, I guess. I mean, None of them can they, do anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I suppose that's a good point. I, I guess can I can take, really I can hide behind this one. That gives me a mechanical AC bonus, right? Technically, but then again, so does shield. Yeah, what is shield up to these days? Actually, that's a good point. Does shield heighten at all? Shield heighten so. fifth. Oh, um, it's just no, it's just the hardness. The hardness goes up, which is yeah. still useful if I have to shield block. But I was just thinking about this last night. Like, I was so disappointed that shield bonuses were only two and didn't go up. But then I realized that the math stays so tight all the way through. Two is still good, yep. no matter where you're at. Or plus one, I guess it is. Yeah, that is. So, yeah, I'll just use shield. Because then I have the option to shield block in the event something does actually attack me. That does take us to a uh, large rolling on the ground laughing bullet, which again. Uh, just insert Spencer Walrus noise here. 
that takes us over to... Let's see, is this the Shuni that's playing dead? Nope, this is a Shuni that's continuing to run away. Peach Pie, it's your turn. All right, well, let's just attack. I've got flanking there with Jeb. We're attacking Technically, the, uh, you don't right now. I hey, don't? You five foot down. You have to cross two opposite... Corn, oh, uh, two I opposite I sides. See. I see. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. All right. Well, then I'll do that. I'll take a five-foot step. Well, it's already prone, isn't it? It's on the ground. I don't need it. It is, that. technically. Yeah, you're right. So Absolutely. I'm not going to move. So I will just simply attack it. And Nuggets. I will get a 37 to hit. 37 is a hit. But not, not a crit. Even a crit. Not a crit. Jeez. I will deal it 31 damage. All right. And I will attack again. Why was it not a crit when I hit it with 27 last time? It was frightened last time. Oh, it was frightened yeah. one last time, yeah. So it means you hit it exactly with a 27. 24. And miss. And with my final attack, I miss. This AC is 30, Jesus. It is. Yay, math. But I suppose Man. they should have a lot of AC. They're freaking rock monsters. <laughs> yeah, they are. They're literally armor-plated. Well, we're back to the top of round four. We have the wizard leading us off. Uh, my first action, I will use elf step to step ten feet, going to the east, closer to my friends, and out of the range of the thing that wants to hurt me very badly. And then I'm going to drop a fireball that should hit all three and not hit Jeb. Thanks, dude. Then we need... What? This is a fireball, right? Correct. This is a fireball. Reflex saves. Wow. Uh, we've got 131. Uh, success. Then we have a 19 and a 21. Uh, both failures. And this is a fourth level fireball, so 8d6. That wasn't garbage. Uh, 33 damage. And that is my turn. Big hit on that one. So, the one that is next to Jebediah is going to burrow straight down into the earth. You're being blinded and shot with a fireball. This prey isn't worth it. It's that delicious dog meat. That delicious dog meat. There is a Shuni who needs to make another recovery roll. This time is DC 12. Gets the 12, reduces the dying condition to dying one. Takes us over to another of the Boulettes. This one also dives straight down and burrows deep into the earth. Which takes us then to Jebediah. There's one remaining bullet. I will definitely have to destroy the bullet. How does a 24 feel? That'll miss. How does a... Oh, oh I thought that was going to be a net 20. <laughs> Fuck, that looked <laughs> like a 20. And turtle try. Two attempts as well. Bring it home, turtle. You'll get 33. That'll hit. Eight. Damn, don't forget that sneak attack damage. Oh, shit. Is just 1d4? Yeah. Damn. Never gets better, too. It's kind of stupid. Oh, it never gets better? Oh, that's too bad. And the natural one. <laughs> Good old that one. All right. Yeah. All right. Then after Jebediah and Turtle, Moonlight, it's your turn. Uh, so while this one's laughing and rolling around on the ground, Moonlight's going to glare at him with a 36 against their will, DC. Critical success. Okay, so they are frightened too. And then while I glare at them, they start to see horrible, horrible things in their mind as a phantasmal killer comes to kill them in their in their brain. They're, well, this boulette must be the most unlucky boulette because for the second time versus a moonlight spell, it critically fails. Oof. With a fourteen. This is Phantasmal Killer, so I need a Fortitude save. Okay. Yeah, it's fine. 36. Okay, so it saves. It just takes 12d6 mental damage. Only. It takes 49 wow. mental damage. That's a good rolls. Those man. are good rolls. <laughs> Look at those rolls. That Damn. is crazy. One, two, three, four, five sixes. Not bad. And only one one. Yeah, that's solid. So yeah, 49 oh. damage as uh, whatever it fears the most enters its mind. <laughs> a boulette who lives on the Starstone Isles, their favorite meat is shooting meat. There's just something so succulent about it. This boulette sees 
in his mind's eye a shuni that towers in the distance. This shuni must be two, three, four stories tall. The bullet tries to dig under the earth to get away, but the shuni, with its giant hoe, plows it out of the earth, grabs it in its little dog hands, and eats the bullet. And it's so scared that it dies. But just the last thing before the light goes out in its head is just these two pitch black eyes staring at it. Yes, take a hero point, Swanee. Love it. I have no idea how many hit points it had. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to look? You can see. I guess I didn't even look. 46 excess. (laughs) It had three hit points. (laughs) It had three hit points. That's why when I found out that it was only a D4 on Turtle's sneak attack, I was like, oh. Oh, it could have killed it. Well. Well, it's good and killed, anyways. Since that one's super dead, one of them was previously had its throat ripped out by a turtle, and the other two are retreating. There's one still making saves, right? That we can, we need to rush over and save. You guys wouldn't necessarily know that, but yes, that is well, currently. Well, I could rush happening. over and make a medical check and see if any of them can. Be I mean, I'll saved. just rush over and just or pop a three action heal. Yeah. Well, let's see. Peach Pie would get there first. That Shuni's still alive. That Shuni's still alive. So there's one more. So unless Peach Pie, unless you can stabilize, I can battle. You can medicine. battle medicine. Oh, you can battle medicine. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Then Peach Pie would get there first. All right. C- can I see which one's hanging on? Uh, give me a medicine check. 21. 21, you can tell that one of the Shunis has a larger puddle of blood under it and has stopped breathing. One of them has very shallow, short breaths. <laughs> All right. I'll try and make a battle medicine on that one, and I critically succeed. Yes, you do. So I heal it for 11. 11. I possibly would have laughed if he killed it by... If I killed it. <laughs> oh, by man. Critically failing his check. Given I'm Peach Pie's luck. Given Peach Pie's luck, it has happened before that he has hurt his friends. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> uh, well, you bring that Shuni up from the... He literally saw the light at the end of the tunnel, and he was about to cross into the boneyard... Dogs go to heaven, dude. I've seen the movie. No, I know. Everybody (laughs) goes to the boneyard first. I don't know where the dog goes after the boneyard. The dog goes, Shunis go to the heaven afterwards, right? To the deepest ring of hell. Obviously. Where their owner never comes home and there are no treats. (laughs) No. Or their owner never comes out of the bathroom. I'd say that'd be kind of tragic. They're always <laughs> sitting outside the door. So that's like, like, I lis- know you're in there. Listening to the fan. <laughs> Congratulations, party. You successfully saved four out of the five Shunies. Not bad considering how hard those bullets hit and how little HP they had. Yeah, but the way that started, I thought for sure we were going to. Yeah, I thought they were all, all going to die. You guys ended up disrupting just enough. It was it worked very well. So we do. We disrupt. So as Peach Pie walks up to, rushes up to the uh, dying, <clears throat> flops. As Peach Pie flops up to the pile of three apparently dead Shunies, one of them upon Peach Pie's arrival actually like pops his head up. He goes, and he shivers a little bit. But he's obviously alive. You save the one that looks like he's on the brink. And when they come back, they both stand up tentatively and look up at Peach Pie. They're only about three feet tall. They're really short creatures. So they look up to Peach Pie. And the one that was faking dead. Thank you so much. Thank you. Sorry about your dead did he? He's not. And he leans down. Oh no! And he starts crying. Yeah, he w- <laughs> there's some whimpers, but a tear is shed. It's too sad. I'm not doing it. It's too sad. Why is dog emotion so much more sad than pierce person emotion? <laughs> you I don't get it. You care more about dogs than you do about people. I mean, where do you think the sad puppy dog eyes comes from? <laughs> 
he looks up to you, the one that you saved, and he says, Thank you. Thank you for saving me. I don't know if you saw, but the other two ran away. I think they'll be alright. They look off in the direction that you point out. Well, they're pointing like two different directions. <laughs> arms spread wide. They went and that way. Yeah, crossed arms. Separately, trust me. You know, the one, the one says, "I." They, they'll find their way back to 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 Fernie. No problem. You saved us. It's kind of just what we do at this point. Yes, it is. We're heroes. To us, you certainly are. Thank you. Thank you very much. We're just happy we could be of help. The one, one of them looks into the overturned cart that they're next to and kind of digs through it and pulls out a shovel. Oh, you're just going to do it here then? Okay. I'll help dig his grave. And he does. He begins digging. Oh, that was a joke. I didn't think that's what really what he was gonna do. <laughs> nope, nope. That's that's what he does. He that begins. was supposed to be socially awkward. I thought it was gonna be a magical shovel that he'd give us as our <laughs> Actually, I was with Spencer. I thought it was a magical shovel. <laughs> <laughs> it takes some time. Does anyone help? I mean, Peach Pie literally just said he would. I'm yeah, asking I if help. anybody else, I guess, would help. I watch. Is that helping? Debatable. I supervise. He manages. Yeah, he supervises. There you go. The two that are remaining both pull out shovels and they begin digging. And they're silent throughout that time. One of them has a a, a shovel that has runes etched into the spade. It looks a bit like this. You, it's the you've got a shovel. picture of his shovel. It's a magical so shovel. We were, we're so you guys were right. There is a magical shovel. What the fuck? Knew it. It buries the dead, but then they come back to life. <laughs> <laughs> it's Kujo. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no. It's the pet cemetery shovel. <laughs> Wizard, as you're watching, your spell slime absolutely is intrigued by and seems to follow the shovel as it's being used to dig. Well, I mean, what do the what do the runes say? That's a good fucking question. Give me a perception check. He whoever can read these runes is a giant nerd. Twenty. Do I see large runes written on a shovel? You do, but however, it's being used currently. It's hard to read them. Can I see that shovel for a moment, good sir or ma'am? I guess I, I didn't check for balls or a, never mind. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Shunis, it says Shunis, male and females are almost indistinguishable. And, except for in the late stages of pregnancy. <laughs> it's like, thank you, Paizo, for that distinction. It's a very specific thank you. The Shuni looks to you and he says, well, usually I don't like to... Well, all right. And he steps up out of the little hole that, that he started to dig. And the other Shuni steps out as well and he buries it into the earth next to the hole and he puts his paw on the end of it and he says in trying to think of what language Ashuni would specifically speak I'm assuming just common shadow tongue what no Thessalonian no Gujarani I mean I mean technically Thessalonian might make sense no it would say it in Shuni so you wouldn't understand it it says a thing and the shovel vibrates a bit, and then it's oh, it's of its that own volition. Kind of shovel, okay. <laughs> of, of its own volition, leaps into the hole and begins shoveling dirt out of the hole on its own. Oh, I've lost interest. I've gained what interest. What you hoping to do? Like show fucking blizzards from the sky? No, we wanted it to be the everybody you bury from. It comes back as a zombie kind oh. of thing. <laughs> Which is actually a fantastic idea for a magic item. <laughs> that is a really good idea. It is. High level item, but still a good Patton. idea. I mean, I'll still make a check on it just because I want to know what magic it is specifically, but I have lost a lot of interest. In like direct interest? Okay. <laughs> I no longer want it. I'll say that. 34 Arcana. 
Oh, well, hold on a second. It's a rare item, which increases the DC. I gotta double check that. The 34 doesn't tell me what this shovel is. I'm gonna be upset. <laughs> <laughs> or oh, more so maybe more intrigued. <laughs> um, oh, just barely. You do recognize the Shuni sh- shovel. And that's literally what it's called. It's a magic item called Shuni Shovel. Once per day, with a two-action command, you place the shovel in a starting position and specify the dimensions and directions to dig. The shovel then animates and digs on its own at a rate of one five-foot cube per ten minutes until the task is complete or it is picked up. It can dig through dirt, gravel, sand, snow, or similar loose material. Five-foot cube in ten minutes? Yep. Nothing works hard. But the shovel stops digging if it strikes stone or another solid material. A shuni shovel can sense if its digging path will cause a building to collapse, harm a creature, or otherwise create significant problems, in which case it automatically stops digging. So the shovel specifically will not harm either like the structural integrity of buildings. That's or Paizo's people. way of saying, here's a fun little magic item. Don't go be dicks with it. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I agree. I uh, do not approve. Well, well, let's, uh, yeah. let's find a way to go be dicks about it. Uh, well, yeah, let's find a workaround. And as the shovel's digging very quickly, mind you, I mean, this happens very, very fast. The Shuni that, that commanded it is looking over it while it's doing its work. It doesn't look like it's sustaining or doing anything magical. It's just watching the shovel work. The other one says, well, where are you guys all from? You're all very interesting looking. I like I like your makeup, tall guy. Thank you. It is my face. Yeah, definitely it's your face. Is it supposed to be something else? I believe it's meant to be allegorical. Huh. Well, I'm not really sure what that means. It's okay. Yeah, it doesn't know what allegorical means. It's a negative one intelligence modifier. (laughs) Well, you look like some kind of clown. Are you a clown? I am a clown. Wow. What about the rest of you? We're all from a circus. (gasps) A circus? The Circus of Wayward Wonders. I think I heard of that. I didn't realize that was coming coming, coming to the Swordlands. And he looks over. Yeah, yeah. Clyde, do you think we should we should tell the town? They're, they're here. Where are you going? Are you coming to Matt and Cleave? That is where we are headed at this time. What's in Matt and Cleave? Pokers. We have to go be heroes. Pokers and blow. <laughs> so, wait. Well, obviously you're heroes. You saved us, but wait. What are you doing in Matt and Cleave that requires heroes? It's a bunch of farmers. It's not specifically Matt and Cleave. It's the surrounding area. Oh, well, that's a little concerning. Our village is the surrounding area. Fernie's the surrounding area. Ultimately, we are going to head to the Wellspring Tower. And we are going to make the farming here better. And they kind of look at each other and in whispered voices. The tower. And then we're going to lead a Zolgath rebellion to take back the world. We have considered it. It will smell very badly. They both look confused. But first we're actually, I believe, going to old Kuro's place. Old Kuro's place? That mean old cuss? We heard of him. He died in his sleep like a year ago or something. Yes, we were going to go check out if there's any weird things around his death. Wait, there's no family out there and no will. The place is just moldering out there. Well, hopefully that means it's been untampered with. I'm Moonlight, by the way. Well, hi, Moonlight. This is Clyde. I'm Damien. They've already got names? I'm Clyde and Damien. I'm a wizard. I want one of them to be Professor Pug. Nope. Well, when you guys come to Matt and Cleave, I'll bring the entire clan. We'll pack that tent. <laughs> and it's going to be tons of fun. How many people are in your clan? I don't know offhand. Lots. We'd be happy to see you there. 
and we'll be happy to see you. It's the least we could do. If you make your way towards Castanly, I've got a cousin out there named Buralu. That that is very different than the three names that we've heard so far. Yeah, absolutely, cousin. We've got Benny, Dustin, Benny, Clyde, Damian, Clyde. Damian, Clyde, and Buralu. Buralu. Buralu sings to the dead. A beautiful voice. If you ever see him in the in the hollows out there, maybe talk to him. He could be a good addition. And then Clyde looks at him. He's yeah, he's a really good singer. If they're dead, why do they need singing to? It soothes their spirits. Okay. The dagger at your waist, moonlight, like vibrates a little bit. I don't like these dogs. I don't like these dogs at all. Does does everybody hear that? Yeah, out loud. The Shunis are looking around or like at each other like, Where is that? Where did that come from? Moonlight, what if we buried your dagger with poor Benny? Why, why would we do that? I find him annoying. He barely says anything at all. I find him unnerving. Well, most people find me unnerving too, so... That's a fair point you have made. Uh, the Shunis look really confused right now because you guys are having a conversation with and about the dagger that Moonlight now finds themselves holding. Moonlight, dagger says. Yes? In your head this time, you should just bury me right into the chest of Clyde. He's just begging for it, don't you think? Give me a will save. Oh, God. A success or a failure? Success. Okay. <laughs> I'll say out loud. That seems a little drastic at this time. You hear what sounds like a, almost like a buzzing exhale from the dagger, like, <sighs> and then it goes silent. What was that all about? What was that sound? Is there something in your pocket? You have like a fairy in there. Is it part of the circus, right? What? Oh, no. That's just sorrow. And, like, the dagger is just, like, in my hand. Like, oh, you know, right here. The Shuni takes a step back, both Clyde and Damien. Take a step back and go, oh, yeah. That's nice. Nice, nice little, nice little blade you got there. It, it talks? It is, isn't it? Yes, it does. They both look like, oh, the hackles go up on both of them. And they get what? really shifty eyed. I mean, you've got a shovel that digs itself. What's wrong with the dagger that talks? It feels wrong. Well, anyways, we should get going. Uh, yeah, here, let's just. And they quickly go and they bury Benny. Uh, but they're, they're, they're quick about it. Well, we've got lots of things to do too, so we should be on our way. Yeah, yeah, we'll see you at the show. Yeah. You have your burial rights to take care of. Moonlight will start walking away. Like, we did what we came here for. We saved him. Now we got work to do. So, to old Kuro's place. To old Kuro's place. No, that shows we gotta go to Mattingly first. The road moves from Mattingly to old Kuro's. If you wanna follow the path. Oh, can we cut cross country? If you wish you could. I guess it is a sword land, which means... Isn't sword just like short grassland? It's probably really easy to cut cross country. It would be relatively easy. You basically have fields and things of that nature here. Oh, well, I guess, what does everybody say? Carew's place first and then to Matt and Cleave? We don't need to go to Matt and Cleave at all. And Cleave. We want Carew's place and then we want the Wellspring then Tower. Then we want Wellspring Tower. Okay, fuck it. Carew's place then. Which, at this point, we should probably be able to almost see the tower. Yeah, you're close enough? Let's see. At four squares equals five miles. No, not quite yet. Well, by the time we get to old Kuru's place, we should, though. Yeah, yeah, you'd get real... Yeah, you'd be able to see it on the horizon at old Kuru's place. I only need one thing, and that is a survival check to avoid getting lost. This is an exploration activity. I think it was a thing that we never bothered with because we because Spencer had no direction or something like that. And it's Oh, yeah, here we go. Sense direction. Using the stars, the position of stuns, traits of 
geography or flora, blah, blah, blah. You attempt a survival check once per day to avoid getting lost. Uh, without a compass, you take a minus two item penalty. But with a success, you gain enough orientation to avoid becoming hopelessly lost. And with a critical success, you gain an excellent sense of direction. You know the cardinal directions exactly. If you find the right place, you could shoot straight east off of the Verdant Passage Road. Like I was saying, I think we never bothered with it because Spencer had no direction. And you do you still have no direction, Jebediah? Yeah. Just a cantrip? Yeah. Yeah. Then that means we still don't really need it. Getting to Old Karoo's place is relatively easy. Jebediah and casting no direction as a cantrip can easily, with the map get you to where you think you need to be. You're crossing through a lot of farmlands here. So a lot of small farmhouses with outhouse outbuildings, fields of all types. You come across a lot of diversity. When you get to where you believe Old Karoo's farm is, it's easy to spot. It's overgrown, it's run down, and if you're, when you're looking at it from a distance, it almost looks like the roof actually caved in on the main farmhouse. And you see that there are two buildings, the main farmhouse and the barn. And you approach. and deadly haunting, an abandoned house, and foreboding music. What could it all mean? Find out next time as we continue The Extinction Curse. And until then, may you have many great adventures of your own. It's your turn.